You're listening to Joe Radio Live. Positive and motivational content just for you. Do enjoy and share. Good day, good day, and welcome to another Joe Radio Live program. Blessings to each and every one of you. I'm your boy JC Vice, a first time listener. Special welcome to you all. Thank you for being on the inside. Um, with us today and thank you for your continual liking listening liking and sharing the program continue to do so as we continue to bless um, as many lives reach as many people as possible around the world all right um today's program is entitled the greater the sacrifice the greater the blessing all right i'll say it again today's uh, topic is entitled um the greater the sacrifice the greater the blessing and um we want to read from first samuel uh, 1 1 Samuel 1 verse 9 to 11 and it says so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in uh, in Shiloh and after they had drunk now Eli the priest sat um, upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore and she vowed a vow and said O Lord of hosts if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Alright, and so basically, Hannah was going through a little something, right, um, and she was praying and asking God for a child. Right, she couldn't. Um, she wasn't having children. Couldn't have children, and she was praying and asking God to bless her with a child. All right, and she made a vow to God, and she said, "Lord, you bless me with this child, and I will give this child back to you all the days of his life." All right, and if you continue to read, um, the child was named Samuel, and Samuel turned out to be one of the greatest prophets throughout the Bible. He was very, very powerful. Um, you know, when he said something, when, you know, when he, when he brought a word of the Lord, believe you me, that word was coming to pass, right? And he was really, really, he was really, really sharp, right? When it comes to the things of God and that kind of thing, right? And my question to you, the listener, and to all of us, right? Because whenever I do a message, it's not just for you, the listeners, but it's for me as well, right? Um... What are we willing to give to God? You know, all of us want something from God, but what are we willing to give to God? You see, everything, there is a price. There is a price, and the price is not always money. And I would have spoken about that in, in, in more detail in our previous programs. I won't go into too much of that part of it right now. But, you know, nothing really and truly is for free, right? Nothing really and truly is for free, right? What are you willing to give to God? right um time energy resources etc 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 because if god god is the eternal father and he gave his son for us he gave his son for us that we could have an um, um an eternity with him that we could have an opportunity to spend eternity with him so he gave his son as a sacrifice for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave. So he already set the example for us. Right? So we, excuse me, we must also give to God. Right? We must also give to God. And the problem with, with, with some of us or a lot of us is that 
Um, some of us, we want, we want all kind of things from God, but we don't want to give God anything. We don't want to make a sacrifice, right? We don't want to make a sacrifice to receive from God. And so this is why the, um, the, 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 the title of this message is The Greater the Sacrifice, The Greater the Blessing, right? Because Hannah prayed. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And God blessed her. She made a vow and she kept, she kept her end of the bargain. When, when, when God blessed her with the child, she gave it to God, right? And he became one of the greatest prophets, right? What are you willing to give to God in order to receive from God, right? What sacrifice are you willing to, to, to make? What are you willing to probably give up, right? Because that is basically what a sacrifice is, right? Right? The giving of, 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 of something, you understand? Right, where you know you, you, you probably do have much resources, you know, it, 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 it takes something from you. It takes something from you. You understand? It's not easy to do. And so it's a sacrifice because it's not easy to do. It may cause you pain. And a lot of time, a lot of time it may cause you pain. It may not necessarily be physical. It may be emotional pain, psychological pain, whatever, financial pain, you know. But that is what it is. That is what a sacrifice is. Right? That is what a sacrifice is. And that God did that. God gave his only, only begotten son. His only begotten son. And he gave him as a sacrifice for us to redeem us and to save us. That we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to go to hell. Right? What are you willing to sacrifice for God? You see, we want blessing and we want blessing and we want blessing. But we don't want, we, we, a lot of us, we want to eat our cake and have it too. You know, we want to eat our cake and have it too. So we don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to sacrifice. Right? And I use this example with, 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 with Hannah and Samuel. Because she made a sacrifice. And her sacrifice was giving back to God what he blessed her with in the first place. And God used Samuel in a mighty, mighty way. If you read through. If you read through so much, so if you if you if you, you read through the Bible, you will see it have first Samuel and second Samuel. That's how much God used the man. First Samuel and second Samuel, two books dedicated to this man. And what he did and, 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 and how God used him and all these different kind of things. Alright? And so we must make a sacrifice. We must give God something. We must give him our time. We must give him our energy. We must give him our love. We must give him our money. Right? And I know that that, that, that may be for some people a real, touchy, a real touchy topic. But you must understand that when you're giving to God, when you give, you give to God, you give to a real genuine servant of the Lord. You are giving to God. When you bless somebody, you are giving to God. Right? When you bless somebody who is in need, that's what you're doing. You're giving to God. There are many different ways to give to God. Many different ways to give to God. And God is going to bless you. God is going to bless you. So some of us, you know, we're praying for this, we're praying for that, we're praying for that, but we don't want to make a sacrifice. We don't want to make a sacrifice to receive what God wants to give us. And the thing is, God wants to bless us. God wants to give us stuff. But sometimes, or a lot of times, 
we don't want to make the sacrifice that is necessary to receive from God. And so then we wonder, you know, why God, why, why God hasn't blessed us? Why God, why, why it seems like God not um, answering our prayer and, and may not be answering our prayer. But we're seeing, we, we only see in one side. We're not seeing what we're not doing. You understand? We're not seeing what we're not doing. To us, it's looking like God not doing this and God not doing that. But we're not seeing, for whatever reason, the things that we're supposed to be doing that we're not doing. And then we wonder why we have not received X, Y, and Z from God. And the more you give to God, the more you give to God is the more God is, um, God is going to bless you. The more you give to God, right? It is more, there, are, there are many other examples where people give to God and God bless them. Right? Some people, they give their last. They give their last. They give all they had. And God blessed them abundantly, abundantly, abundantly. Abundantly. Right? You look at, <coughs> excuse me, you look at Job. When Job was going through his situation, before his situation, God had blessed him abundantly. He was the richest man in the East, if I remember correctly, and all that kind of thing. And when, when, when you know, the, the, the calamity hit and everything, his wife told him, curse God and die. What did Job give to God? God um, Job gave to God his integrity. He was a man of integrity. God, um, Job, sorry, gave to God his integrity. He gave God his faith. He gave God his allegiance to God. That in spite of the situation, I'm still going to hold on to God. I'm going to give God my loyalty. I'm going to continue to give God my love in spite of what I don't have. And this is why I tell you there are many different ways that we can give to God. And we all know the end, the end result of that story. True story, by the way. God blessed him more than he was blessed before the calamity hit. Because why? Because he gave to God. And some people only, only recognize receiving. That's all they want. They just want to receive, receive, get, 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 get. But they don't want to give. They don't want to give. Right? They don't want to give. Give. And it shall be given back to you. Press down, shake on together and running over. It's in the New Testament. Press down shaken together, and running over. That's the kind of blessing God wants to give to us. A blessing that is pressed down, shaken together, and still running over. That's the size of the blessing. That's the type of blessing God wants to give to us, to his people. If we would only give to him what he asks of us, what he requires of us. And so, Lord, Father God, even right now, I pray that you would touch each and every one of us, Lord God, and that you would give us a heart like you, a giving heart, a heart that is willing to bless people around us, and not just to receive, 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 but to be a blessing. Touch every listener, 
Lord God, touch us all and help us to be more like you and to demonstrate our love by giving. Demonstrate our love for you by giving, by giving to our brother and sister in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening, right? Continue to listen, more great stuff coming up, right? As I mentioned earlier, continue to share Joe Radio Live, right? I trust that something that I would have said in this or previous programs would have been a blessing to you, right? This is the object of what we do to be a blessing to people in some kind of way and for you to go out now and be a blessing to others as well. And so it's a chain reaction. So as God blesses us, we bless other people. As God loves us, we love other people. You know that kind of thing, right? So more great stuff coming up. Joe Radio, next.
time for your hit your scripture. Hold on, I just need 60 seconds of your time. I will go quick. In our busy lives today, I know that sometimes it can be hard or forgetful to get into the Word of God. So today, uh, those of you who didn't have that opportunity, I'm going to read to you today. And today we are in Matthew. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food, and the body not more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. That's This passage is saying that we need to put our full faith in Jesus. He is the only thing that will fulfill us and the only thing that will take care of us and something we can lean on in our times of trouble. Um, if you feel far or distant from Jesus today, just remember this. He is always right there, and he wants to get the connection back with you today. So I urge you to put everything away, get into a time of prayer with him, ask him to be the leader of your life once more. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. God bless. God is awesome. Listen to this testimony. I grew up in a Christian home, but it was very dysfunctional, unfortunately. And my, uh, my father had anger issues. And so I uh, got to the place where I really hated my father. I did love my mother, but I hated my father. And that really kept me from coming to faith in a big way because I thought it might bring joy to his life if I came to faith. And I was so filled with anger because he used to beat us, not uh, sexual abuse, but physical abuse. And so I was a very angry young person and I acted out and got in all kinds of trouble and drifted away and got in with the wrong crowd and got in trouble with the law. And I was really headed for, uh, you know, uh, some, some very dark places. So your rejection, though, of the Christian faith then was because your dad claimed to be a Christian. He went to church, but he wasn't living it out. Yeah, I believe he was a Christian. I just think he had serious anger issues that he needed help with that he uh, never got help with. But somebody invited me to church. And um, I agreed to go, even though I had no interest whatsoever. Um, I kind of did it under pressure and as a favor. And God got a hold of my life. I'm so glad somebody invited me to church. But God got a hold of my life and transformed my life and did something in my heart that I wasn't looking for or even desiring or wanting. But it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful, beautiful thing where I discovered that God, God pursued me and uh, God God did a miracle in my life and just changed me. So what was in that meeting, John, that you heard that uh, the switch kind of, you know, went on for you? Because up until that point, like, hey, I, I don't have nothing to do with this Jesus stuff, this church stuff. So what was it that got your attention? Well, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure that I could say I heard anything that was said. What I can tell you is that there were a pile of people praying. Um, it was a small church, and my mother, I, I passed her bedroom every day, and she was on her knees praying, and I know that she was praying for me. And uh, and she had the church praying for me. And I would say that, boy, prayer matters. Prayer, prayer makes a difference. So somehow I arrived in this place where God did something in my heart, and I opened my heart to him, and and he did a transformational work. There's a good reminder, never give up, never stop praying uh, for those people that you love and care about. And uh, John's story, you know, is a good example of that. So you head off to Bible school. Now you're all in. You went from being all out to all in. You want to serve God. But along the way, John, you had some health challenges. Uh, you struggled with cancer. And 20 years ago, you almost died. 
Yeah, I had a very uh, scary experience that where I was, my my face was way, way swelled out. And uh, the doctor had told me, he said, John, we're losing the battle. I did not want to take chemotherapy, but he pleaded with me. My wife pleaded with me. I consented, uh, went through six months of therapy. Matter of fact, the darkest moment of my life was after my first treatment of chemotherapy. I felt like if you could be this sick, if God, if you could allow me to be this sick, you can't exist. And for the only moment in my memory, I kind of questioned whether God was really there. I was so sick. And uh, I remember I had a dramatic experience, even through the chemotherapy, that that night of my darkest moment, I stepped out into the night and I saw the amazing creation of God, the stars and the moon. And it was like the only time in my life as well, but I felt like God's voice was in what I saw. And I felt like he said, this didn't get here on its own. I am here. I am present. And it was hard and it was a dark time. Um, after my six months of chemotherapy, I was told, uh, I said, what's the prog prognosis now? And they said, well, we would, you know, we knew that this chemo couldn't cure, cure your cancer. It's not curable, but it would buy you a little bit of time. We think six months or three months, six months. And if you're really lucky, nine months, this will all be back. Um, so I was desperate to live. And I remember f wanting to fight for life. And at three o'clock in the morning, one morning, I was not sleeping. I was wrestling. I had three dependent teenage kids and I wanted to be there for them and my wife. And so I, I went downstairs, sat in a chair and I had a conversation, called a prayer. I had a conversation with God and I said, God, I, Jesus, I know you're present. I can't see you. Um, but I know also that if, that if you would, and you walked over here and if you wanted to, if you put your hand on me and spoke healing into my body, and healing from my head to my foot, I would be healed. And I said, I would, I would like to ask you to do that. And then I had this sensation from my head to my feet. And I don't know if it was five seconds or 30 seconds. But uh, after that, I, I just continued my conversation. I said, Jesus, I don't know what just happened. Either I psyched myself up for, you know, because I'm just so desperate to live for this experience, or there's a possibility you just did what you did. That was over 20, 20 years ago, 20, for 20 years, I never had a sign. All my lymph nodes went down and went away. And uh, I experienced what I believe is a miracle of healing for 20 years of incredible health. What did the doctors uh, say to you at that point when you went back? Because, uh, I mean, they're, you know, they're expecting you to be near death's door, and yet something has happened. Well, I think they were very pleased that, that I was doing well. <laughs> yeah, and I see. I think sometimes doctors go, "Hey, there's medical science involved here. I don't know what happened, but hey, we're glad for you." So you have yeah. this, uh, you know, this healing. You believe uh, you were well into your ministry at Youth for Christ. Uh, that again, 20 years ago, but recently, John, again, you were diagnosed with cancer now for the third time. How has that affected your faith, and how has that affected you? You know, um, if 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 you didn't remind me and somebody didn't remind me, I wouldn't know that I was living with cancer. I am so at peace with where I am. I'm so at peace of God's care. Um, I'm I'm in a different situation too in life. I'm 72. I don't have dependent children. 
And I, I do have a desire to live. It's not that I care about not living, but the desperation factor isn't there. And my trust, my trust is different. My trust, I just completely trust in the Lord. And I just, I'm, I'm at peace that he's caring for me and providing for me. And I get my blood work checked every three months and go to the oncologist and make my trip. And uh, I come away with, uh, yay, thank you. Uh, my blood work's perfect. And uh, we're on a journey. And uh, But I, I'm at peace. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, as you get older, things change. And, you know, when you're kind of living for your kids and, and you know, for your family and you were involved in, in a, you know, very successful ministry at the time. But I want to go back to Winnipeg, where you have lived for many years. And I lived there for eight years. And you're a legend there, John. Well-loved, well-respected, rightfully so. I mean, over the years, you served as the executive director for Youth for Christ over 40 years, helping young people see their potential, grow in their relationship with Jesus. Does that, uh, wanting, you know, young people to see their potential, does that go back to, you know, your days when you were kind of, you know, put down that you were going to amount to much? So I really think it goes back to what I would call a spiritual calling, where I felt this crazy voice in my head and heart saying, you need to go to Bible school. And I thought, I, I was just so um, zealous to serve the Lord and to follow Jesus for what he had done for me in terms of transfer, transforming my life, that I wanted to say yes to whatever he wanted. And I thought, this is, this is craziness. You don't go to college if you haven't finished high school. You're a high school dropout. So I, I did apply with no expectation that I would get accepted. Uh, I got accepted on probation as, an, as a mature student. Um, and uh, it was during that process that I felt called to vocational full-time ministry. And that's where I discovered in my first year in Bible college that I wasn't really stupid. Um, I got some very good marks because I really applied myself and, uh, and so that's where it really came together for me that God put a call in my life to vocational full-time Christian ministry. Now, the youth part, absolutely. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, knew it, I knew it was about youth and I, and I really knew it was about helping youth come to know the Jesus that transformed my life. And so that really has been the driving force of my life. And I've been one of those very privileged people, Greg, where you get to do life once, but if you had to do it twice, I'd say, oh, please, please give me the same assignment. It's been just the perfect run for me. I have, I have just so privileged to have been able to do what I've done and to serve God um, in following him. Yeah, you know, and all the young people uh, that you have touched over the years, and many of them are now well into their adulthood and uh, some even approaching retirement because you, again, 47 years involved. Uh, you went on to get your master's degree. You got an honorary doctorate. You proved that vice principal wrong. John, people <laughs> watching today, what are some of the lessons that you have taken out of your life um, You know, as you have gone through the cancer battle, as you've walked with Jesus for all these years? What would you say? Well, I say prayer, prayer matters. Prayer makes a difference. I would say that God is pursuing us, even though we don't know it. So if our listeners are out there wondering, uh, where is God? He's pursuing you. And, uh, and uh, what, no matter how messed up we find ourselves, Jesus can transform our lives and give us purpose. And when we surrender our hearts to him and choose to follow him, and then I would also say that, uh, you know, that God welcomes our prayers. When I went through my cancer journey, uh, I knew that he had given me permission 
to uh, and an invitation to share my uh, preferences, my desires, my hopes, and my dreams, and even uh, you know even my fears and my doubts and uh, my anger and my disappointments. And I was able to have those conversations with God, and He invites us to be honest in our relationship with Him. And then uh, you know, peace comes from trust and understanding. And uh, then I would say, you know, whatever God wants you to do, if He's you know prompting you to do something. There's just no better place to be than where God wants you to be doing what he wants you to do. And I would say the thing that has really uh, given me the privilege of, of, of seeing everything happen that's happened in my life has been this incredible um, giftedness that has come from God himself, who has poured into my life an enablement, spiritual gifts, I think they're called, leadership and wisdom and faith and discernment those spiritual gifts, God poured them into my life when he called me for the assignment that he gave me. So God equips us for what he's called us to do.